Hey guys, you're listening to a Stellar Podcast and since we're all in lockdown here in the UK, I'm going to try and get as far out of this house as virtually possible and chat to fellow creator, graphic designer and photographer, Michael Soledad. We chat about how he got started, going out on his own, his Instagram success and his new podcasts. Hope you guys enjoy this one and take some value from it. So yeah, here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> hey, hey, Michael, how you doing? I'm doing well, Craig. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good morning. Good evening. Yeah. So it's morning time here in California, uh, yeah. around ten o'clock, and I think it's. Did you say six p.m. Right? Yeah, it's time? about yeah six six p.m. this time. Okay. So I've 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 literally like I got this all set up because I've not done a podcast for a while. So I got this all set up, and I was like, I'm an hour early. Like I was just sitting there. I was like, oh no, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad because I was actually doing the same thing. Oh, really? Maybe like, yeah, maybe around 45 minutes before this. Oh, okay. I was just sitting here drinking coffee and I'm like wondering. Just dreaming, I... dreaming. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was actually wondering if I should start working on some other stuff yeah. or or just prep myself. And, you know, by from experience, I realized that it's always good to just prep before yeah. you do anything, no matter how big or small. So yeah, that's get true. yourself in that mindset, right? So. So for like all people listening and stuff, just introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Oh, yeah. So uh, hello, my name is Michael. I am a freelance graphic designer and photographer. Craig and I actually met through Instagram. Yeah, we did. This was a while back. This was a few months ago. It was. Like, I think you you didn't have that many followers back then. You still had quite mm-hmm. a hefty following, but like you've, <laughs> you've properly exploded right now. Yeah. I know. It's, it's a little... It's crazy. Well done. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to, to to really describe it. Crazy because I wake up every day and it still feels like I'm in the beginning phase. Yeah. Which is you know which is I guess what I would like that to be the case because yeah. I don't ever want this to ever I don't know reach my head in, yeah. in some weird way. But yeah, I think maybe if I'm not mistaken, I think I had like around five thousand or less subscribers <laughs> or followers when I first. Uh, yeah, I came across your account. Yeah, and now you're and up at four, 40 odd, 40, 40,000? 40, 40, yeah, 40 something. Wow. And it's funny it's, because when you said that you were, um, you wanted to invite me uh, in one of your podcasts, I was so excited. I'm like, <laughs> when is this going to happen? You know, this is going to be the first time because I've always dreamed of starting my own podcast yeah. or being in a podcast. Yeah. I'm a big podcast um, listener. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's one of those things that I always daydream about. Like yeah. what would what would what what would it feel like to be a guest in a podcast? Yeah. I just thought it was really cool cuz you know, as a kid I've always maybe you've done the same thing but I've always um dreamed of being a guest at a or doing a whole little radio show. Oh, totally. I don't know if, right? Like me, so. me and my cousin that I usually do these podcasts with, we totally had a radio show when we were younger because <laughs> they lived about two hours away from us. So uh-huh. we had, we recorded little cassette tapes of like radio shows. Like, so I was a big yeah. fan of like the Mighty Ducks. And oh, okay. So I would just imagine a Mighty Ducks match in my head and like <laughs> be the commentator for it. So and now we're doing a podcast, so it's that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, I kind of yeah. lost track there, but yeah, I'm. I basically am a freelance designer, and it just uh just so happened that my account really grew, especially yeah. in the last few months, 
that I'm getting a lot of traction, yeah. I think is a good way to put it. And so I'm just trying to ride this momentum as best yeah. as I can. Because I don't know when this is going to end. I mean, this could end tomorrow, right? So it could, yeah. I'm just trying to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It. Like, how did you, how did you find like your, your niche kind yeah. of thing? Like, because like you go to your account and for those of who are listening who haven't been to your account, it's great and it's so consistent you. and your photos are so precise and you can totally tell like see if you're in the explore feed and one of like another account uses your photo you're like that's michael's photo <laughs> like because you you're so like it's so aesthetically pleasing Thank to you. look at some of your photos it's amazing and um, you know, so how did a... you how did you like oh, get into your um how did you find that like obviously for, again for people listening um you basically post photos of like tech and in and around your office and your desk mm -hmm. setups and things yeah. How, like, did you just take a photo of your desk one day and it just exploded, kind of thing? I literally did exactly that. <laughs> first, first, I should probably address um, how I how much I appreciate what you just said, oh. and also, and the reason I really appreciate that is it, you you don't you don't know this. I mean, the only person who really does know this is myself. Is that I've struggled with consistency. I've struggled with trying to find that niche. I've mm. struggled with trying to find my own voice, my own style. Um, I specifically know what post that was and I can scroll through my feed right now. I mean, I'm not gonna do that, but yeah. I know exactly what post that was when I said, I, I wrote it down and I said, um, I really want to find my own style. I really want to find my own, you know, my own signature, I don't know, like photo that yeah. when people see it, hey, that's Michael. And yeah. I remember specifically, um, editing that photo and i said i think i like this but this is an experiment and we'll see how it goes yeah and through the through the like what maybe two years of using this uh i i realized one thing is that it's not really going to come to you right away mm. because it's an evolving thing and just like with most things that evolve you really have to experiment a lot and that's what i did i experimented and a lot of us i mean maybe i'll just talk about myself, I struggled with experimentation because I feel yeah. that it was detracting from um, my goal, right? Like yeah. finding that consistent thing. But then later on, I realized that you really can't find anything until you tried everything. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, so that's what I did. I just tried different styles. I tried different editing techniques and I found something that I liked like a lot. And I said, I just really, yeah, I really like this. I don't know if people will like this it just happened that they did yeah. and um but i still kept changing it i still, yeah. ch still kept changing the style um but then i realized that i really gravitated to this towards that one particular mood or style of photo editing and just photos in general and yeah. i just stuck with it so it's really um it's really how i would edit my photos yeah and so that's how i found it just experimentation and going back to your question I literally just took a photo of my desk <laughs> one day and I can tell you who my inspiration was. Um, it was Aral Tasher, Tasher, I think is how you pronounce his name. Okay. Um, he has a very big account and he is a software engineer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I actually met him in person and it's really, really cool, really down to earth guy. And I told him this, I said, you know, when I first saw your photo, he was basically working and he took a photo of his desk. Yeah. And that resonated with me. And I said, 
I want to take a photo of my desk. I don't know why. I don't know who is interested in this. I mean, <laughs> his photo I thought was really cool. I want to do the same thing. Yeah. But obviously, my desk doesn't look like his. I had like an old IKEA desk, and it was really plain and simple. I just did that and yeah. found this whole segment of Instagram, this yeah. whole space in the internet where people appreciate desk setups it's yeah. a weird thing yeah i think it's because like everyone's got a desk you know what i mean everyone mm -hmm. has desk envy of someone else and yes. it's that way where you're always at your desk everyone's at their desk and it's almost personal to them what they've got on their desk like they'll have either photos or they'll have um little trinkets and things and just seeing it's almost like an insight into someone else's life you know Yes. It that's sounds a, very philosophical, but it's true. <laughs> no, that's that's a very good, I would say, an accurate way of describing it. Because yeah. if I look back, I always tell this to my friend. Every time I think of the days when I used to work in a cubicle, uh, the yeah. days when I used to work in an office, it really depresses me. Like, yeah. depress is, a, it's a heavy word. Yeah. You know, depression is a heavy word, but that's the feeling that I would get every yeah. time I'd think of these situations. Because it's... It's devoid of life. It's devoid of your personality. It's devoid yeah. of anything. It's literally just an empty box. And so if you think about it, when you sit down at your desk, you don't want to feel that way. You want to feel pride, proud. Oh, of course. You want to yeah. feel inspired and creative. And yep. I think, you know, people might laugh and probably scoff at the idea of, you know, having a really wonderful desk. And I get that comment. Like every now and then I would still get people who would say, why is your desk so... I mean, you put so much money towards your desk or your workspace. Are you really getting any work done? And the answer to that, I answer, yes, I actually do. And I feel good about it. So there's more yeah. to it than just, you know, a space. But yeah, yeah, desk envy, I've never heard of that phrase before. And I like that because that's definitely what I felt when I, felt, when I first saw Aral's um, desk. I yeah. felt desk envy. And I said, I want an awesome desk too. Obviously, yeah. I didn't start that way. I mean, I started with an empty one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. So like... What what made you then going back to, um, you worked in a cubicle and stuff. What made mm -hmm. you take the leap into freelance and get, um, basically becoming your own boss and things like, was there um, a was there a point where it switched like in your head and you're just like, no, can't do this yes. anymore. Yes, it was out of desperation. Yeah, <laughs> to be completely honest, it was out of desperation. So I come from a family of, um a background of entrepreneurs, not myself, my family, my okay. parents, my sisters. And I just never had, I was not built that way. I, or at least I convinced myself that I wasn't. So okay. I always said, I'll just have um, a nice comfy job. And that was the way I was brought up. Mm -hmm. I would say I was brought up under the whole um, find a job and stay there and get, and I don't know, I don't know what you call it nowadays, but basically pension. Yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah. So stay as long as you can and then... Retire yeah, and then... Re yeah. Exactly. So, you know, our parents are like that. They were brought up in that generation. So I was kind of um, taught the same way. So when I first moved to California, this was about almost 20 years ago. I It was an eye-opener for me because before then I used to work under my for my dad he owned a business and it failed and so we were forced to move because you know basically forced to find other ways uh, to live yeah and so 
my parents were still they were still okay but they were like you know what we'll send you to california and you know uh try to make your own lives basically try to find yourself and i was i grew up like in a way very sheltered so when i moved here i was you know i'm just trying to paint paint that picture where you know my where my background was from is from and how my mindset was yeah and so i felt very entitled and so i felt that hey you know i used to work for my dad i have a degree and i should have a nice comfy job so from that point on for the next maybe 15 17 18 years that's all i was looking for just Mm. a comfy job and i felt that it was out there somewhere but then throughout that process i also started to feel that trap i I guess that feeling of being trapped like i didn't want to work for someone forever there's got to be more to life than this and there's a couple of turning points in my life and mentally or philosophically i can name you one and this came out of a conversation with my wife uh my wife is a nurse and she was telling me the story one time one time about this patient who was about I think 80 or something years old. And I guess one of the nurses were, was talking to him and they were asking him, just like chit-chatting, asking him, what was your life like? You know, what were you doing when you were younger? And this gentleman just painted this very colorful picture of his life. He was in the military and he was an artist and he was a traveler and he did this and that, like so many different things of his life that you wouldn't even expect that he would, that he was that person, right? Yeah. And when he, when she told me that story, it I I'm not kidding you, Craig. I lost sleep, <laughs> and the reason why I lost sleep was that it made me look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. And I said, Do I really want to be where I am right now? And at that point, I was a production graphic designer. Um, so when I say production, it's mostly there's some creative stuff, but a lot of them are just very specified. They were just make this text look like this, put this graphic here. So there's nothing inspiring about the work. Yeah. And I said, do I really want to be like this? Do I want to look back when I'm 80 years old and when someone, when a nurse asks me, so what did you do in your life? And I would say, uh, I sat in a desk, you know, at my work, very uninspired. Yeah. And so that kind of just really, I guess, started that little fire inside. And I said, you know, this is not, how I want to live. No, and then I, I got laid totally off. Totally relate to that. Oh, really? <laughs> I did, yeah. I got did you laid do off something and... or did they, <laughs> did no, they just know so, how to... <laughs> so when you get laid off, it's basically usually the comp. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's the company. Uh, at least I, I've gotten laid off three times already. Wow. And it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. And in the beginning, I felt really bad because yeah. I'm like, did I do something wrong? But it's usually the company's being acquired or, you know, they're closing down or the economy, whatever. Um, in this case, which is the third time in my career, um, there was a new guy that was brought in, head of something, and he just wanted to downsize. And so out of everyone in the office, yeah. basically we had different offices in California, and the one that I was part of was the one that was performing the best. Yeah. We were known as like the best team, but we were the smallest team. I don't know why, but for some reason, they wanted to cut our team. Yeah, And so... They cut me and my manager, my direct manager was so upset because she was the one who was also kind of grooming me to be someone better. She was teaching me how to be more, how to be accountable with my stuff. And it just came at 
I'd say the perfect time because that's when I was just getting that confidence to be someone that I can, you know, I can basically look to myself and look at myself and say, yes, I can take care of this. I can be held responsible for this type of stuff. I got laid off. And so at that point in my life, I was like, okay, this is the real test then if yeah. I can really take care of myself. Yeah. But um, there's so much more to it, honestly, but that's how it started. Yeah. And I had a kid, I had a two-year-old at that time and I didn't want to There's be... There's a lot of pressure as well then. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I didn't want my wife to be working for, for, the, whole, for the entire family. So yeah. um, luckily I made a lot of good relationships throughout the years. And I basically leaned on that. And I said, I reached out to people and just said, hey, you know, I'm switching gears. I'm changing career, not changing careers, but um, there's a, it's, a, it's a big change in my life. I, yeah. I basically tried to make it sound a lot less painful than just saying I got laid off. And so, yeah, a little bit, you know, try to put a bandaid on it. Yeah. Um, but one of those people, they they directed me to someone else, and that basically led to one client, and then multiple clients, and yeah. here I am today. So nice I'm one. very thankful. Yeah, no. good. It's like, a very long-winded story. I'm sorry. No, it's good. Like because, <laughs> okay. like I know I know for myself, like it's only just happened recently that I've gone full time on my own because I've okay. Um, like I. I basically stayed in university, like I studied biomedical engineering um, and I stayed in university and I got my PhD and everything and it just kind of, I just kind of stayed there because it was comfortable, if that makes sense, yeah. and mm -hmm. you're just there. But of course, I, I made films on the side, I loved photography um, and then I saw a little glimpse of um, my, my cousin reached out to me and said, oh, so-and-so is looking for a video. And it was like, can you do it? I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I did it. And I was like, and I got paid for it. And I was like, yeah. this is, there's something here. You know what I mean? And I yeah. loved it. And it's not sitting behind a desk. Or in my case, it was in a lab covered in blood. But I won't go into that story. Um, <laughs> but it's that it's that way where something does click in your head. And you're like, I could mm. make something of this. And then you go through the months. I don't know if it happened for you. But you go through the months of, could I do this? Yes. And then it's oh, like, definitely. it's that way mm -hmm. where it's just building up and building up to a point where I basically just went to my boss, like, this isn't for me anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and like, he was totally understanding of it. And he was um, quite um, upset of me leaving because I was part of a team and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, but he was totally supportive. And then it kind of came to just after Christmas and I started telling people, yeah, I'm leaving. And then at the end of february that was it i just can, can i just say uh -huh. i don't know you personally but i'm very proud of you oh thank you because <laughs> that's a very hard thing to do it is i mean honestly if i don't i personally don't have the balls to do that <laughs> right because i mean my situation came out of desperation like i said yeah it was, i was pushed out of that comfort zone i yep. was basically forced out of it and so because of that i had to do something yeah but for you to make that decision that's very very i can never do that mm. and i wish you know if i were to talk to myself a younger version of myself i would yeah. definitely say be more brave be more yeah. courageous because we don't know what's going to happen in life right exactly and yeah. if you're going to sit there because you think it's the right thing to do or this is what everyone else is doing yeah we got to take a little bit of risk 
and I'm very proud of you. That's awesome. That's a, <laughs> thank and you. You said <laughs> this came before Christmas. You said. Uh, yeah, so I told my boss in October um, mm-hmm. that I wanted to leave, and he was like, oh, well, we're sorting out funding for next year, so sit on it for a couple of months, and if you still feel the same way, come let me know, kind of thing. And I wanted to go see him, like, the day before we left for Christmas, and I didn't see him all day. I was like, oh, no, okay. So then mm-hmm. I had to wait till after Christmas, and then I went to see him, like, one or two days after Christmas, um, after the new year. And just said, you know, remember what we were talking about? And he goes, yeah, what's your plan? And I was like, yep, I'm out. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really good because uh, my girlfriend, Sarah, uh, my now fiance, Sarah, is... Congratulations. Like, so, thank you. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're getting married in November. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. But yeah. who knows what will happen. Um, yeah. But she's like so supportive of it. And it was that way where if she's okay with it, Mm-hmm. then I've got nothing to lose, really. Um, since I left, I've I've just been like fishing for work and I've been getting work and it's been it's been good. And then obviously the pandemic happened and everything's kind of slowing down to a halt. Yeah. Um, but I'm still, I have no regrets at all. That's but, great to hear. But like you say, um, it was a tough decision to make. But mm-hmm. like, and I'd be sitting there like every every day at work just researching like film stuff or learning about something not actually focusing on what I was supposed to be doing you know yeah and it's that way where like I can't go on like this I've just got to shift everything and do it and like you say if you don't try it why like you never know you know no exactly and that's a good sign too because when you find yourself constantly daydreaming, constantly not being productive or effective yeah. at your own work, that's probably yeah. a sign that you're you're looking for something. But the reason why I asked um, you earlier if, what would you have done if, if she your wasn't. girlfriend, yeah. yeah, if she wasn't supportive, is because I feel that people who might be listening to this might, might be going through something similar yeah. where they're just looking for that little push, that little nudge, that yeah. little encouragement. And, you know, if I'm being real... You're not always gonna get that. True, but but like I, think, I would I would say to I would say to yeah. anyone in that situation if you aren't if you aren't happy if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then get out because life's too short, you know. Yeah. And it might be hard if like parents don't approve or friends don't approve or your partner doesn't approve, but it's it's almost like a selfish thing in a mm-hmm. way. Because it's your own mental state that's got to put up with it, you know? Yeah. There's, I don't there's, know, it's like I could be in a lot worse situation, so I can't really speak um, for everybody, but that's kind of what the message I would say. So. Yeah. But, I mean, think about it, though. If um, the counter-argument would always be, why would you go out do something that you love, right, versus the safety of, of work? Yeah. Oh, I mean, totally. look at us now. Yeah. What's going on with the world? Do you really think being staying at work is being safe? Do you really think staying at that job uh, guarantees um, financial stability? Oh, no. exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. Look at look at the world right now. Yeah. But the fact that you set out and tried to look for something, it's it's a step towards trying to find something better. It's a step towards trying to find something bigger, and yeah. that also means you're willing to grow. You're willing to to learn you're willing to sacrifice something for something better i think that that's much more important than just 
settling for something that's sorry <laughs> settling for something that's safe you know yeah really there's nothing safe and i think i'm coming from that perspective because i've been laid off three times yeah. so being laid off doesn't necessarily mean your performance is down it's just the company isn't able to pay you anymore yeah and so i think that's happening a lot at the moment as well like yeah there's lots of people getting laid off and going on unemployment and you're like like it's hard now what yeah now what you don't know what to do yeah but because you you went out and tried to look for your own thing that's that's a huge step already and so maybe someone's listening to this and saying you know about my girlfriend or my wife my brother my sister whoever my parents don't support me yeah this is this has to do a lot to do with accountability right yeah. so you have to really think about it you can't just blindly say i'm you know i'm gonna quit because i'm not happy oh for sure because right you have to think about it like are you really not happy or are you just bored yeah are you just whatever but there's a couple of things that you did too that i think needs to be addressed that is very important and it's that you didn't burn bridges you did it in a very proper way you kept a good relationship with your with your boss yeah i mean that would be awesome if someone said you know hey let's revisit this a couple months or weeks from now and see how you feel i mean if i probably did that to my other boss my boss (laughs) was like bye you know i don't care good luck so you did the you know what's what was I, i really think in business and in life it really boils down to the golden rule. Like when we were kids, just be respectful, be yeah. courteous, be oh, nice totally. to people, and they yep. will treat you the same way. So that goes with business. And I think what you did was just very, um, I would say people don't address that very much, very yeah. often. And it's a very, very important step. And I think yeah. you did the right thing. Oh, so, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, but like cool. I've def- I've definitely learned so much in the past few months anyway of like being my own boss and like even from things like organizing your like whole day like see when you've not got work yeah. on not get mm-hmm. not got paid work on but you're getting you've got to get websites up and running you've got to get things looking right you've got to like be emailing people constantly just asking and even just following up and asking people how they are you know like yeah, min- maintaining yeah. relationships and stuff. Um, it's just organizing all that is a massive learning cur- curve for me anyway. I was like, I didn't do this I'd before. Say bul- I'd, say, yeah, I'd say bulk of the work comes from that. Yeah. Most of the work that you are doing, if you are doing freelance or oh, for, you're working yeah. for yourself or whatever, comes like it. it's not, uh, it's not pretty enough for Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the sleepless <laughs> nights it's all the emails the relentless emails the, the relentless p- proposals or yeah. how many no's you get how many um yeah like constantly you're being shot down yeah and it's very discouraging but you know obviously we don't talk about that because it's yeah. not pretty enough but that's <laughs> really where the work is yeah and so yeah so how, how I, are you getting on in like quarantine lockdown then how are you like, are you still getting work or what's happening in your end? Are you struggling a bit or are you flying oh, high? Def- no, we're definitely, I'm definitely struggling just like everyone else. But yeah, um, it's weird. It's like everyone, mm-hmm. like there's this situation is hit everybody, but everybody has different problems. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah. it's strange. Yeah. It's like everyone's in the same boat, but again, n- nowhere near the same boat. <laughs> exactly. It's like we're all on, we're all on our own little boats yeah and some boats just have more holes 
than, yeah. than others, <laughs> right? So that's that's how I see it. Yeah. But yeah, um, to, to answer that question, I'm definitely struggling. In the first few weeks, um, my clients all were quiet. Yeah. And I completely understand that. You know, um, it's it's like okay, well, this thing is definitely real. Um, it puts things in perspective. You start to look at your clients as human beings. Yeah. More than, and I think the same thing happened for me because some of my clients actually reached out. Um, they reached out to me almost immediately, actually, and started apologizing and said, you know, we're sorry, but I think we won't be giving you any work in the, in the next few weeks. Um, we hope your family's okay. Yeah. And all that stuff. And I said, you know what? Can I just say that I really appreciate that? Because a lot of companies or clients would just, they don't care. If, yeah. they're not, if they're not making money, if they're losing money, they don't really care about you. Yeah. But this one did reach out and I really did appreciate that. And so again, it goes back to the whole, just be respectful and mindful. Yeah. And I mean, and courteous, um, I think it'll it'll pay dividends later on in life. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then so I've lost a lot of clients or at least not lost completely, but they've really uh i haven't they've heard of them in a while. or they've yeah they've, yes yes yeah. um one started coming back one of my major ones started coming back but very very slowly and then they said yeah work still isn't as much but here's something but i chose maybe because i've been through situations when i say situations like this not a pandemic but um <laughs> situations where i had no work um, yeah. I've I've gone through this so many times already that I know the moment that it happens, this that's exactly the moment when I start working. And when I say start working, I start doing something else. I start keeping myself busy. And yeah. this is not to confuse being busy with being productive. So I try to be productive. Yeah. And how I did that was I started you know how we always say, I wanna do this if I find the time or yeah. when I find the time. The truth is we'll never find the time. We have to make the time for that. And so this, this whole situation forced me to make time for other stuff that I've always wanted to do, which is make videos, um, even catching up on past clients and just emailing them and saying, yeah. hey, you know, hope you guys are doing okay. Um, starting my newsletter, um, working on my website. These are yeah. all productive stuff. These are yeah. all things that will eventually help you and your, your, your business later on that I n would never even consider working on until this thing happened. So yeah. I'm keeping myself busy um, and just hunkering down just like everyone else. Yeah. But you know what's also interesting is that I realized that there are two types of people who would, um, they, they act differently in a situation like this. Some would say, the world's going to end and let me just sit down here and be as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Or this is a good opportunity for us because it's basically evening out. It's like the, the playing field is now even. Yeah. Right. Um, so people who whose voice cannot be heard before are just as loud as everyone else right now. Yeah. And so a lot of these brands, a lot of these companies are starting to come out of the woodwork and they've actually started reaching out, which is cool. So if I wasn't prepared for any of this, if I wasn't working on my videos or any of my photos or any of my reviews, tech reviews or whatever. Yeah. They never would have reached out to me. Yeah. And so I, I'm keeping myself busy in that sense. Yeah. So I'm working with these new brands or these young, very young brands. And I'm like, you yeah, know, let's see what I can what I can do with this. Just like them. I mean, I'm fairly new. Yeah. I'm just starting off. So let's see where this goes. So it's another part of my life where I'm developing that skill. Yeah. Um, 
and knows the perfect time to do busy. it kind of thing exactly yeah. how are you yeah. doing by the way uh, yeah i'm doing doing okay yeah um mm-hmm. like same as you had a couple of gigs lined up like filming gigs lined up and they've kind of postponed they've ha- they haven't cancelled thankfully but they've postponed things and i've mm-hmm. had um one of my big clients uh, who are now based in the u.s um, they reached out to me saying, or oh, we're looking to do some kind of animation stuff. So I was like, yeah, I can do that. So that's kind of something that I don't need to go and film. But they're like, yeah, yeah we're go- we we now do like online presentations and we're really looking to spice them up a bit. So here's some animations and stuff like that. So it's kind of like I'm still getting work, but it's different work. You know? Right, yeah. Um, that's cool. Can which you- is can- kind of a curveball for me, but it's it's good. It's fun, you know? Yeah, and, and those curveballs are actually usually the ones that will help you grow anyway. Yeah. I mean, right? It's like, again, it's just stepping out of your comfort zone. But yeah. can, I ask, can I just ask you, because okay. it's weird <laughs> looking at your resume. It's like you have a PhD, you went to university and, yeah. and all that <laughs> stuff. And then, oh, yeah, I'm also a designer or uh, an animator, um, yeah. an editor. I mean, wait jack a minute. Of, like, jack of all <laughs> trades, master of none. <laughs> so That's me. T- how, do, how did you get your... I can already tell that you are a creative at heart. So what's your background? I mean, how, how did you get into like this editing stuff in photography? Well, basically I got into, I started off in visual effects. So I was living at home. I was in university because I went to university and because my dad was like, you're going to university. So I was like, yep, mm-hmm. cool. Totally understand. Because <laughs> um, everyone was going to university. So it's cool. Yeah like what are you gonna do is like my dad's a mechanical engineer so i'll be a mechanical engineer i was like cool right so i went did four years of that and then i did um my master's in biomedical engineering which is like medical devices and prosthetics and whatever and then i moved into or i stayed the same field kind of and was in cardiovascular devices so heart implants and things but on in the background i i loved like I got addicted to YouTube and like people mm-hmm. making videos, like I don't know if you know Freddie Wong and Corridor Digital who do kind of visual effects videos, like almost parodies of video games and things. I've and never, no, I don't think so, but I'm going to look them up. Yeah. Sounds really interesting. They're, they're really cool. They're really cool guys. Um, but they've, I kind of got into visual effects that way and it was like, oh, they made something explode. Let's see if I can make something explode. So... I started learning all these kind of techniques, mostly like After Effects. And I moved into my first flat when I started my PhD. And of course, I made a zombie film there, (laughs) Um, which is what you do when you're a filmmaker and it's your first film. So you make a horror film. Why not? Shaun of of the Dead. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So um, I did that and I did some visual effects. We did practical effects. I don't know. I just, this, this whole... Like the filmmaking process, I love it, and it's really interesting to me and in how people make things or are able to create things and tell stories. What did your and dad say? Was, uh, he he was fine with it. Like he was. My yeah. dad's one of these really strong, silent types. He mm-hmm. won't say anything. But when I when I did um, start when I started like getting paid for video work and things. Um, well, this was kind of back before I started getting paid, but like he, he knew I was interested in filmmaking and all the rest of it. And he basically said, as long as you get your PhD, you can do what you want, kind of thing. Because that was awesome. almost, that was like the fallback. Yeah. 
um, like no matter what, if he messes up anything, like he's got a PhD, he'll be able to find a job. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. that's your your dad had the foresight to actually, yeah, yeah that's good. Like my my parents have been very supportive, like totally hundred percent for me and my sister. My sister's like super creative. She's she, she's the one who does um, lettering or drawing. Yeah, she does. Um, she does bookbinding and uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, mm. I think I followed her account. Yeah, her. It was from a past episode that she did with her. Yeah, she was on my. She was on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and she like designs pictures and stuff. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been really supportive of her, and because she went to art school and all the rest of it, and I went down the engineering route, and now I've kind of gone back into the creative. But again, there's there's so much in the creative industry that can relate to engineering and science and everything like filmmaking it's like lighting and sound and all the rest of it and it's all it's intertwined yeah it is it's it's related it's can can we touch on that subject real quick yeah go for it. because it's really interesting how um you just told the story about your parents and how they're very supportive my dad was the complete opposite oh really (laughs) (laughs) typical asian father he's like what are you going to do with all those designs? Are you going to design your way out of problems? Are you going to get paid for your drawings? And yeah, it's, it's, it's very much like that. So he's, yeah. he was not, so, I mean, he's, I wouldn't say that he's not supportive. Maybe he's not vocal about it. He was supportive in a sense that he did, he did help me go. Um, he basically paid for my school. Yeah. You know, I'm completely being honest. Like he paid for my school even though he didn't like it, he said, why would I take something, a course in, because I took advertising in college. Yeah. And back then, that was so old school. We, we were still talking about billboards and TV ads, radio ads, which is almost non-existent today. Yeah. I mean, they do exist. It's just, it's not the most um, feasible way of throwing your money away. Yeah. yeah. So um, he was just saying, you know, why the arts, basically? So my brother and I grew up just very creative in that sense and we were ashamed of it because we felt that it had no real um uh contribution to humanity yeah because that's how they made us feel my dad always he's he's like why don't you be a doctor why don't you be a lawyer why don't you be an engineer and i'm like because i'm not smart like that (laughs) (laughs) just not interested enough and so i was more of the creative type and I remember throughout my almost my entire life, just until recently, um, I started to get like I was never confident. I was never proud to be a creative. Um, I went to Adobe Max just last December. Oh wow! My yeah, my I love first to go time. To Adobe Max. Yeah. It's oh my god! I it's so funny because I told my brother, okay, this year we're or, yeah, come January we're like I was like let's save up for Adobe Max this year. We're both gonna go. And then this happened, so I'm like, oh. But, <laughs> but it was the best convention um, that I've ever been to. And I remember I was speaking with this uh, one lady during lunch, and she worked for McAfee, I think, the yep. antivirus thingy. And so I forgot what her role was there, but she was definitely more of, like, management. And she okay. was there with one of her coworkers because uh, she was the creative, like, the, the one that she was with. And I was speaking with this the, the, this first lady, and she didn't sound like she was a creative at all in the beginning. And okay. then she asked me, what do you do? 
And my gut reaction, my gut answer was, oh, I'm just a graphic designer. Mm, yeah. And then she stops me. She's like, did you just say you're just a designer? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she said, why do you say that? Why, do you, why aren't you proud of it? And, you know, it came, out, it came out of my mouth so naturally that I never really had a chance to think about it. Yeah. And basically, I found out that she also is a creative. She started with, I think, photography and she did graphic design and she because she was she's older much older and it just i never would have imagined her to be in that space and she said you should take pride in whatever you do if that's who you are that's what you do you should never be ashamed of it yeah and i you know basically had to think about it and i guess most of it was born out of the whole shame you know growing up like oh you're a creative there's no money in it you know and typical I would even say stereotypical Asian family, right? Like, <laughs> where's the money there? Why would why would you go in that career if there's the money there? Yeah. And so, yeah, most of my life, I, I I grew up like feeling that way. But now, looking back, like even just in the recent years, even like five years ago, um, I was telling my wife this. I said, the kids. That made me sound really old when I said <laughs> the kids, but the younger generation now, yeah. they're so fortunate that being a filmmaker being a photographer being a creative anything is so highly i guess regarded now yeah like oh he's a photographer he's a filmmaker it just sounds so awesome because now that that generation like this this new um generation realizes the importance of the arts the importance of design there's so much technical stuff that goes in there people don't realize that they would never buy anything if it wasn't designed well, if it yeah. wasn't presented well, if it wasn't, you know, people would not vote for people if they weren't presented in a, in a, in a, in a good light. Oh, yeah. So yeah, th- for there's sure. so much that goes in the background that's creative related. Yeah. And so I'm just really happy that people are starting to f- feel that way. And, you know, going back to your point, you said that it's funny how everything is connected. It really is. And yeah. I remember saying, telling my dad, I said, this is like years later when he's fine. He's, he's yeah. okay now with, with how everything. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, you see, dad, I told you. Advertising makes the world, I mean, the arts make makes the world go round. It yeah. just doesn't, it's just not apparent because we're usually in the background. We're, yeah. It's actually weird because we're like in the background and at the same time, we're the face of it. Right? Yeah. We make everything look pretty. But yeah. I'm just glad that everyone. No one thinks about it. Yeah. No one thinks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're still under that whole perception that, you know, you have to be uh, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or whatever to be yeah. regarded as successful or yeah. even um, just worth anything. It's yeah. kind of weird. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> maybe that's just stuck in my head. No, totally. It's still, like, I do think nowadays it's so much more accessible um, to be these things as well because you don't need to, like, I wouldn't say you really need to go to film school anyway, but, like, anyone can like take a photo on their phone anyone can like make a film on their phone you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. the equipment is so much cheaper and so much more accessible to anyone like god knows what age the kids are these days that have mobile phones it's like they they take photos of everything you know how do you feel about that How, how do you feel when people say um anyone can be a photographer anyone can be a film filmmaker i would say 
Oh, it depends. It depends. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could say, yeah, anyone can if they put the time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. But so anyone can, it just means that they're not as good as others. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally um, makes sense. So like anyone can be, if not anyone, like see when you're going to clients and there's always that one where it'll be like, it's going to cost how much? Oh, we can do that ourselves. Like, yes. we've got a camera, we'll just take it and we'll do it ourselves. I'll be like, cool, you'd go do it. Yeah. And you can almost guarantee that 80% of the time, it's going to be not as good as what you can produce, you know? Exactly. Or yeah. you won't have done it your way. But then they don't think about it. And it just shows that they're not your clients, you know? You need right. people that respect what you do and how you do it and the time and effort that goes into it mm-hmm. rather than you, them just going, oh, I need a video. Like, cool. Um, it's going to cost you this much if you want it. And they'll be yeah. like, oh, no, can't do I'm, that. You know? I'm coming from a, um, I did, this just remind that just, that question just reminded me of um, when cameras started going digital mm-hmm. and a lot of these photographers were so threatened by it. Mm. They said, Oh, now anyone can be a photographer. You just pick up a camera, you're a photographer now. And then they yeah. started, they actually started selling these t shirts. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but it basically says, anyone is a photographer until, and there's a picture of that manual dial. Oh, and yeah. It, like yeah. that dial, it says it's yeah. set on manual. And yeah. I'm like, really? Do you really think that that's, <laughs> that's how you think that you being, you're, you're calling yourself a photographer because you know how to use the manual controls? So that's another misconception about it. Yeah. Like, right. So I agree. It's, what you said was correct. It's more accessible to people. And I think that's why people are just upset about by it because yeah. when they were younger, when we were younger, it was much harder for us to, to have access to these things, yeah. these, these tools. Um, you had to be a certain person to be, to, to basically, um, what's that word? Like justify buying a very expensive camera. Yeah. That's why the stigma behind this, you know, why, I mean, why would you buy an expensive camera? Are you a photographer? That means you're getting paid a lot of, you know, yeah. a lot of money to take pictures of these rock stars or these celebrities. No. I mean, nowadays, social media alone, it's such a huge thing that companies, big companies are willing to pay these, uh, I'm using air quotes here, regular <laughs> people, right? For, for photography. Yeah. And because now what you're selling is not it's not necessarily just the technical aspects of your image no. you're now selling your signature basically yeah. and it's so it's the creative behind it it's, exactly it's so like when your desk photos like only you can well I people have, can, I have that people style. can imitate you yeah but right. you have that style you've honed it down you've you can do it really well like see i had the idea of see when i'm um, advertising this podcast is like taking a photo of my desk set up and being like, yeah, tribute to Michael. <laughs> but I can almost, I can almost guarantee that it's going to be nowhere near as good as what yours would be. You know? Well, no, I wouldn't but say that. I would just say it would, it would have a different voice. Yeah. And so like when you were saying earlier, if you went to a client and they said, um, you said, Oh yeah, for this project, I'm going to charge this much. Yeah. And an old school client would say, um, an old, I'd say an old school, not, not, non-ideal client would say, mm-hmm. well, I can do that. I can take a picture of it. And your response would simply be just, 
Uh, I agree, you can, but it's not going to be my style. It's yeah. not going to be my own creative eye who's doing it or that's that's looking over it. Yeah. So feel free. And so that's what they're really paying for, your style, right? Yeah. Your, your, your creative touch. Yeah. And we all have different styles and different styles that resonate with different people. It just You just have to find the ones that resonate with yours. And so... Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> you're right. It's just it's just dip your own signature that's that's missing, and I think people need to to realize that that their value isn't necessarily tied with what they know. Do you know who Annie Annie Lebovitz? I think the photographer. Mm, she's a so. very um, I can't even pronounce her name, so I probably butchered it. But she she takes a lot of photos of celebrities, like really. Okay. Um, I used to see her photos in magazines and just really, really good photography. And I remember seeing one of her, have you seen those ads on probably on Facebook, the masterclass ads? Yep. Where, All the time. Know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So she's one of those. Oh, okay. I yeah. I think I know. Yeah. She's one that, of those. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like she's, she's, she's teaching that. And I remember reading a brief interview and she was saying, I'll be honest with you, all these gadgetry all these new cameras and everything i have no idea how they work yeah she's like i don't know any of these technical terms i just know how to to find that right light that yeah. right moment when i take that photo and i'm like that's it that's something that you can't really quantify you yeah can't you can't really that... teach it you can no it's almost instinct you know exactly and yeah. so that's the thing that people pay her for yeah that they're her own style her own eye and not necessarily do you know how to operate this camera? And that sucks, right? Because yeah. we, we, we function in that world where everything has to be quantified. Yeah. Do you know how to use a manual, the manual setting? And so people would ask me, what kind of camera should I get? Should I get this one with this many megapixels? I always say, if you're a beginner, get whatever it is that you can afford right now. Even yeah. if it's 100 bucks, $50, I don't, yeah. I don't really care. But teach yourself photography. And your camera, your gear will not define you. Because yeah. that's not your style. So no, totally. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just I'm just very frustrated from from my own experience. Yeah. When I was trying to find my own voice and I felt that hiding behind the gear yeah. would keep me safe from it. Like or yeah. keep me feeling secure and justified with yeah. the choices that I've made. You know, I want to be a photographer. Actually I didn't want to be a photographer. It's just yeah. one of the things I love doing. And I'm just very, very happy and fortunate that people found my work. Yeah. So I want people to feel empowered in that sense. Yeah. That you don't need gear that's expensive or anything at all to to be defined as a photographer. Yeah. Do you get bored of taking photos of your desk? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm like, because I've I've seen some of like your landscape stuff and like your uh, car photos and things like that. And they're fantastic. Thank but, you. <laughs> like you don't, obviously your feed doesn't fit into that mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. So like what, what do you do when you want people to see them? <laughs> so Is it not I really do a couple of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> first I had, I had multiple Instagram accounts. Okay. And they're set on private now because mostly of them, most of them are just family. So yeah. um, I had one for my landscape. I had one for my cars and Every genre. Yeah, pretty much every (laughs) genre. And so it's it's just like I think any I I view it like this. Like when you're when you try to organize your work, you don't put them in one folder. 
No. I mean, put them in different folders. So that's what I did with Instagram. I have different accounts. But yes, I do get bored. Um, yeah. I think that's why you'll see... Um, I've switched it up in my feed now. I use... I do tech reviews. I do yeah. gear, part of photography, because yeah. that's more interesting to me. Um, the desk will always have a special place in my heart, because that's where I sit. And yeah. this is, you know, especially around maybe three o'clock my local time when the sun just hits the window just right. Yeah. I'm like, stop everything you're doing and start taking pictures. Cause that's like the perfect time for me. Just so start tidying frantically. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. This all this mess, it's gone. It's all in one corner now yeah. and you don't see it, but I start taking pictures of my desk. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do get bored. Um, just like any creative any, or any person in general, if you yeah. do the same thing over and over again, it gets old, it gets boring. Yeah. And I think, if you want to keep things fresh and just if you want to keep enjoying something, you have to try yeah. something else. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how are you um, getting on with your podcast? Sorry. My podcast is, I'm excited about it, honestly. Yeah. Um, you should be. I'm ex- they, uh, yeah, I should, right? <laughs> yeah, you should. No, you really should be. <laughs> yeah, because I'm in this phase where I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. But I promised myself late last year that I'm going to do a couple of things and podcast was one of them. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I've always listened to podcasts. I've always imagined myself being in a podcast, not necessarily, uh, starting one. Yeah. But I said, I'm never going to be in anyone's podcast. So I might as well start one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I did. And it's great. It's almost therapeutic for me because I, like I said, I like interacting, interacting with people. And if I really boil down the reason why I started that is because I told Chelsea, I said, what's your reason for wanting to start this podcast? And she said, I think I forgot what she said exactly, but one of them is definitely to inspire people, encourage people. Um, And while those are also some of the main stuff that I want um, to get out of it, mine is a little bit more selfish, if I'm being honest. My reason for starting that podcast is so I don't feel so isolated. I don't feel so lonely. And it's like I've been working from home for the last three years and it sounds so glamorous but it's very, very lonely. Yeah. And and then when I see other creatives online and I'm like, I'm so jealous. I wish I could, you know, interact with other people. Um, that's why when I went to Adobe Max, it was very, uh, it's an eye opener for me because I'm like, this is how it feels like to be in that energy yeah. amongst other creatives and yeah. actually interacting with them, hearing their ideas and stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of bring that same thing to the podcast. Yeah. And I just was fortunate enough to have met Chelsea and we just kind of hit it off. And it actually, I was, here's a funny thing. I actually started a podcast prior to that, maybe like a few weeks before with a friend. Okay. And so I even put out like a little teaser in my newsletter saying, oh, this is what I'm doing right now. And she is a nurse and I've mm-hmm. known her for my entire life. Actually, since since she was a baby, which is kind of weird because that really dates me. Like, <laughs> like I really am old. But, um, yeah, it just it just so happened that when we were doing that, we had a lot of technical difficulties, and mm-hmm. then the pan- pandemic happened. So yeah. she's busy at work, and obviously we can't do the podcast anymore. Um, and then Chelsea, I've known her for a few months already. Um, she's like, I think one of the posts like from someone else. She kind of just like tagged me through my name out there, and she's like, Michael, maybe we should we should do a podcast or something. <laughs> I'm like, let's do it. Let's do and it. so, yeah. yeah, we met um, virtually and we said, hey, okay, kind of just to get the feel, right? Yeah. Like to find out if we are a good match. And we just hit it off. We're like, oh, this is awesome. No, like, like, the I, chemistry you know, between you two is great. Like, 
you've oh that's good i mean i'm glad that that i'm I'm hoping that shows through in in the sound um but yeah we we had we hit a couple snags like we we did like two or three recordings prior to the first one yeah man i almost got discouraged because i'm like (laughs) this is gonna be like if this is going to be every week i can't do this (laughs) and then and then after we met it's funny because we would record and we would follow like a format like this is going to be the topic this is what we're going to talk about yeah and then it sucked but at the end we're talking like why did it suck and we'd say oh maybe because of this maybe because of that and then we're like you know what this is what we should be recording when we're talking like this like normally yeah like as you know just like regular people yeah and so we basically redid it and approached it from that perspective although the last recording was I honestly felt really bad because my anxiety was just really like through the roof. And, you know, like I said, most people probably won't hear it through my voice, but I can hear it definitely. Like mm. I can even see myself um, when it, that day when I was sitting here and I just wasn't myself. So you weren't tomorrow's going to be. Yeah. Huh? I'm sorry. You weren't in the zone? Uh, no, not at all. No. So tomorrow is going to be our new recording. And so I'm excited. It's, it's, my podcast is, has become a special like project for me because obviously yeah. we're not getting paid for it obviously i'm yeah. not really i'm not looking to monetize it honestly um yeah. doesn't mean i'm never going to never yeah. i'm doesn't mean i'm never going to say no to any prospects but i'm just happy that i found an avenue or something that i like to do and it oh, only totally. takes about you know an hour or two of my my day yeah my week yeah. and yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it so when you invited me over to this podcast today you don't even know how super excited I am because I'm like, oh. I get to talk to another person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, I was the same because like I've been wanting you, I've been wanting you on the podcast for a while. Like, cause dude, we started, we started the podcast for been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cause we, we started the podcasts was at the start of last year, me and my cousin. And mm-hmm. it was purely because we used to meet up every week for a coffee and just used to chat about kind of, me wanting to go out on my own and kind of ideas and spitballing things. And it was like, this is cool. We should totally record this. And we yeah. did a couple like that. And then we tried to structure it a bit more, like you said, and I, I just didn't feel it flowed as well, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because like me and my cousin, we've just got the gift of the gab. So we just talk and talk and just ramble. It could yeah. just spiral us down any avenue, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to start, like meeting new people and kind of people in the same boat as me, like yourself. And it's just, it's good because like you say, in the creator space, almost everyone's, everyone's by themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's good to reach out and chat to them and just see how, how their mind works. And it kind of inspires you as well as the other person. And it, yeah, it just, it's almost like it's building a community, you know? Yeah. Totally. in that space because being a creator um, whatever kind of creator you are it is mm-hmm. like you said quite a lonely thing to be doing because very lonely you're all by yourself you've you're responsible for everything you know it's very but like having an outlet like this like the podcast it's very therapeutic almost like yeah. you just completely agree you just I think, spitball I think and it's go also, it's good yeah I think it's also essential because, um, I mean, just another way for you to express yourself because yeah. it's almost like verification, right? When yeah. you're a cre- when you're a creator in any regard, 
you always look for that um, validation. Yeah. In a weird way, right? So because you're putting out content, you're putting out something. And the worst thing that could happen, at least for me, um, it's not even getting criticism. It's not even getting trolls. The worst thing that could happen for me is dead silence. Yeah. Right? When no one is acknowledging <laughs> anything. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, and, <laughs> and I was talking to Chelsea about this. I said, when you create something, you put, you quite literally put your soul into it because yeah. these are all born out of your own dreams and hopes and, you know, interests and ideas and your background, your childhood, anything. And you have all of that, you know, boxed into this whole, like put into this whole package, which is a video, for example, and you yeah. upload it and no one watches it. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, that hurts. And, you know, a lot of people might not admit it. Some people would say, um, oh, I don't care. I don't really care. I just want to put it out there. No, yeah. you do care. That's yeah. why you put it out there because you care. Yeah. If you didn't care, you wouldn't even put it out there. Yeah. So it's one of those things that um, I think like this, this interaction right here, like right here, you're right. It's therapeutic because I feel yeah. like it's therapeutic because I'm getting some sense of validation, right, from, from you that you've seen my work. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. It's just you've acknowledged it. Like, oh, yeah, I know Michael. He has, you know, he put out his work um, through Instagram and I've seen it. And yeah. that alone is so much for me. Like it's, it feels really, really good. Like, yes, I'm contributing, I'm doing something. So I think interaction with create between creatives is becoming a thing. Now I'm seeing a lot of people starting their podcasts. I know podcasts are, are, have been a thing and it's becoming a thing now because people are yeah. working from home and people are more, um, like the, the younger generation who used to not listen to podcasts are older now and they, they like, they want to consume content everywhere yeah. they go. Yeah. You know, they don't necessarily have to watch anything. They can just listen. Um, I think it's becoming a thing and it's a lot of creators. I feel like are, are starting to appreciate that. Um, yeah. even just going live on Instagram because no one needs to go live. It's just, <laughs> they like it because they like the interaction. They like yeah. feeling it's almost like a classroom setting again where yeah. hey guys look at what i did and i want to know what you you think if you have any feedback or whatnot and how else can you get feedback if you don't interact with them right yeah but yeah um no, i'm sorry totally. i'm a rambler it's so. okay no it's good it's good <laughs> okay. it's content it's all content <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's so much stuff in my <laughs> head that i just want to throw out so no but that's yeah. good no, I'm, so, I'm so i'm so glad like you came on this and i'm so glad you're thriving and the social media space and you're kind of finding all these outlets for yourself and it's Thank it's you. great it's great to see. Thank you for for keeping my mind um working. I'll definitely get you back on again. I would love to. That'd be I would, cool. I'd be hurt <laughs> if you didn't. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no no, seriously. I'd I'd be honored. It's awesome. Dude, we've no. been waiting for this forever. We have. And I've been like excited. You were the first one to ever ask me to be a part of anything. Oh. When I started my Instagram, yeah, seriously, I'm that's, like, that's almost what sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what happened to Craig? He doesn't like me anymore. But yeah, all right, Craig. Well, thank you so much. You take thank care. You. Have yeah, a wonderful, too. wonderful evening, and enjoy the coming weekend. Nice one. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can catch Michael over on his Instagram at Mitch Soul Design. Uh, check out his new podcast along with Chelsea Horn, Coffee with Creators. It seriously is worth a listen. Uh, you can catch me over on my Instagram at Craig underscore Stellar. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. Stay safe. See you later. Bye.